So last Sunday, Jason started, uh, read a couple verses, and I want to go back to them to start out. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Male or female? So it's clear what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, God doesn't see you differently because of that. So before we go to the gospel stories, we need to get back in time and, and talk about how things were in the time that Jesus was walking on the earth, how women were viewed. Who would be surprised that women were not considered equal to men? No, no, no. Nobody would be surprised. They were hardly thought of as more than property at that time. The women were, the girls were basically married very young and they did not marry their high school sweetheart. They, they married whoever daddy said that they were going to marry. In fact, women weren't even considered worthy of studying academically, if you can imagine. So um, they weren't even like the rabbis of the time didn't even have the women as disciples. So this brings us to the first story I want to look at. Mary and Martha. Who knows Mary and Martha? Okay, great. Yes, be responsive. That's what I like. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to tell it part of it. Jesus is teaching and he's in one of his friend's house. And Martha is busy in the in the kitchen, and I would be the same way, if my sister, because where is Mary? She's sitting at the rabbi's feet. She's listening, becoming a disciple of Jesus. So Martha comes out, and she's got a problem with it, doesn't she? Yep. And she complains to Jesus about this. And you think a, a Jewish rabbi at the time would say, Mary, you need to go help your sister. That's not what he says. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Wow. He's really breaking with the cultural norms right there. He's actually encouraging one of the women. He says she's found it and I'm not going to take it away from her. He wants the women to be his disciples. Now we know the women were traveling around with the group and they weren't just there to make the meals. <laughs> he was allowing them, encouraging them, pouring himself into their lives. And that basically shows that Jesus valued women as much as men. I wish we had more time. I could, I could keep you here for an hour talking about all the stories. If you go back and read the Gospels and notice how Jesus is interacting with the women, he is always raising them up. He's not following the norms of the day, not the Roman norms, not the Jewish norms. So how about the women, the woman who was brought to Jesus and they were going to stone her, right? What sin had she committed? Adultery. 
Now, last I knew, it took two to tango, but um, obviously the woman's the only one going to pay the price for this. And um, so they're trying to trick Jesus, aren't they? They're trying to get him to say something against the scriptures. But he doesn't. He doesn't. What does he say? Right, right. You who has not sinned, be the first to throw the stone. And what do they do? They drop them because they know they're just as sinful. And I love how he treats her afterwards. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So he doesn't let her off the hook. He does tell her that they need to not be doing that anymore. But he saves her life. He saves her from being stoned. And he treats her with what? Compassion, love. He's, he's caring. And that's how Jesus treats all of us in our brokenness. Now I want to dig deep to the main story I wanted to share, which is the Samaritan woman and at the well that Jenny just read for us. Thank you. And we're going to look at a piece of a clip from The Chosen. Is anybody reading, uh, watching The Chosen? Yeah, isn't it wonderful? So um, I need to say this part because we're using a clip so you can get it on the, the, the app on your phone and you watch it on, what are you guys watching it on? YouTube, Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, all of them. You can watch it. And it's just, I mean, there's a little Hollywood in it. But if you go back to your Bible and say, ooh, did he really do that? Oh, yeah, he really did. So I can't wait to show you this clip. This is from the first season. So we have an assignment. We're going to watch four minutes of the interaction between Jesus and the woman. And you have, the assignment is, I'd like you to find six things Six things that Jesus is doing that are unusual for that culture that a Jewish rabbi would normally never do. Let's take a listen. Okay, what are the six things? Just yell out one of them. That he's talking to a woman. In Samaria, right. So a Jewish rabbi is not going to be talking to a Samaritan woman. That's two of them. And a man and a woman that aren't married talking to each other in that time, in that setting. That, that would be unusual. What else? That's what they're talking about, right? Where do you worship God? The living water? Is he, that's theology, is Jesus a rabbi talking to a woman about theology? Wow. That's the third one. What else? It's noon. Yeah, he's met her. And how does he treat her? With respect. Nobody else is, but he does, right? With compassion and respect. He's, he's treating her. Yeah, absolutely. And the last two are really important. Did you get them? Yeah, he wasn't judging her. I mean, he, he knew. He knew everything better than anyone. He's God. 
Exactly. Did you hear him in the scripture and in the show? He tells her, this is the first time he's telling anybody. And he tells a woman. He tells a woman. He's the Messiah. And the last one, what else? What about her? She believes and she's going to go every, to go out. He sends her out. He says, I'm counting on you to do that. I'm counting on you to tell everybody. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is sending the first missionary out and it's a woman. Are you kidding me? A woman, the first missionary. And she brings back a lot of people from her village and they believe in him. That's amazing. I I just love how Jesus was showing his disciples and us how much he valued women. He didn't go along with the cultural bias of the day. He elevated women. Go back in your Bible, read these stories. It's amazing. Every time he's treating them with respect, compassion, and elevating them. So you may say, well, that's interesting, but what does it have to do with today? Well, as you know, there's still a lot of bias against women and and other people. And how involved are we in that? You know, I mentioned about the, the U.S. soccer team. We can't do much about that. But in our everyday life, we do see bias. I can't, I'm not going to take the time to list it all. Talk to the women in here. They can tell you. <laughs> they can tell you where the bias is. And even some of the churches to this day have a problem with this. Thankfully, as Methodist, we got this part right. Way back in the 18th century, our founder... All right. (laughs) John Wesley ordained a number of women back in the 18th century to preach, including Sarah Crosby and Mary Boscana. And currently over 12,000 women serve as United Methodist clergy at all levels from bishop to local pastor. Do you know our district superintendent? It's a woman, Reverend Emily. I hope you get to meet her. She's fantastic. She's working with over 80 churches. And you all had a female pastor, didn't you? What was her name? Linda. Yeah. So God is using women way back all the way to that first scene to now. And I think John Wesley got this right because not only because of the scriptures, but because of this woman. Let's see if we can put her picture on the screen. All right, here's the million dollar question. And the, uh, somebody in the choir got it right first service. Who's going to know who this is? His mother. Good job. His mother. And what was her name? Susanna. Susanna Wesley. You need to know her. Um, actually, it's really kind of amazing. I could spend a lot of time on her, but she was actually the one that discipled John and Charles Wesley. Who's Charles Wesley? The brother and what did he do? Yes, 6,000 hymns. He wrote all these hymns. And so these brothers got together and started the Holy Club in, at Oxford. 
and they were the beginning of Methodism. But really, Susanna is the mother of Methodism. Thank God for Susanna. She did. Oh, did I mention? She had 19 children. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she had a built-in congregation in her kitchen with the children and then the neighbors. And she was teaching and preaching and praying and having church right there. She taught John and Char Charles everything they needed to know. <laughs> so if you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. The Holy Spirit dwells in women and men alike. Being male or female has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. God has given each of us gifts and talents, and we are to use them and to encourage others to use theirs. So I have some homework for the women. Figures, right? We have so much to do, and now we get homework. But this might be kind of fun. So I would like you to, in the next few days, to make a list of the things that you do well. Things you do that it's not even work. It feels good. It's, it's, just your, it's just your thing. Now, many of us are pretty humble and we, you know, we're critical of ourselves. So you might need some help from your husband or a neighbor or a coworker. So write your list. And then I'd ask you to start praying. Start praying about, okay, God, you've given me all these things that I'm good at. And I need to use these to minister to others. I, I, there are so many others for us to minister to. I, am very, I have to tell you guys, I'm very impressed with what this church does in the community. I mean, I, it seems like your outreach is right on track. And we want to do more, right? That's why we're here, to spread the good news. So there's things that God has equipped you to do. And I challenge you, even if you have 19 children, to make room in your life for those things. You're being used by God, women, in this room, in your families, in, with your children, in your neighborhood, in your community, and at work. Let's go ahead and serve God with intention. Every day, asking him, how can you use me? Now, men, you are not off the hook. Okay, your job is double. You get to do your own list if you want to and your gifts and use them. But I challenge you to encourage and support your wife, your sister, your mother, people that you know and notice because we don't really notice. Notice when your sister or your mother does something like you are really good with people that are struggling. I just watched you minister to that lady. I think, I think you have a calling in that area. Point it out to them. So you hear yours? Men have double work, but the women just make the list. I, I did this at Aldersgate a couple, three weeks ago. And so the ladies have been like, it's so cute. They've been handing me their little notes, you know, after the service. I'm like, what's this? Oh, your list, you know. And uh, they've been emailing me. And it, it's been, every one of them has said, thank you. Thank you for making that assignment because now I feel so encouraged. And last night, one of the ladies texted me 
And she's like, I get up, I got up and did the uh, the message at the gospel opera last night. And I'm thinking, you're kidding, <laughs> you know? And I'm thinking, I never knew she could do that. And I don't think she knew she could do it either. So he, we have these gifts and talents for a reason. And they're for the kingdom of God. Every person in this room is loved by God. And as a believer, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is ready and waiting to use each of us, male or female, to make new disciples and share his love with everyone. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for reminding us just how valuable we are. You have uniquely made us and you have gifted us. You have chosen us and you have work for us to do. You are counting on us, Lord. Please go and send us out into the world so we can spread your love and compassion to all. Amen.